Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Walking in the early dawn to climb up in my... Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. I'm the Red Bull Mike Grace. Alex is uh, standing by and we're going to talk turkey hunting on this uh, edition of the uh, American Roots Outdoors Radio Show. Alex, how you doing? We're doing good, Redbone. Uh, here in, the, in my home office is Wayne Locke with me, our brand manager and uh, uh, director of our podcast. And uh, Wayne has been busy in his yard, him and his wife Renee, planting all kinds of vegetables. And I went over there yesterday, and, and the kids was in mud up to their head and toes. And <laughs> They showed me their greenhouse, and uh, we've been staying in the house, Linda Mallory and I, and been cleaning up our yard and... One of my tame gobblers got away yesterday. We had to walk way back on the back side of our property and walk him back home. He's with some hens. Uh, he had him some girlfriends, but we're staying busy here at the house trying to stay COVID-19 free. Yeah, I think that's what everybody's doing, Alex. And, uh, and you know, I, I always try to look for silver linings in every cloud, even dark clouds. And I've been saying on my radio show that I think the silver lining that we're going to find when all this is over and done is a lot of people's habits are going to change and they're going to change for the better. I think I'm going to agree with you. What's your thoughts, Wayne? No, I, I definitely agree. I think people are going to people have started to learn that they don't have to, you know, be. I, I don't know how I'm trying to. I think it brought it brought family together. Exactly. Because instead of the the kids going off and doing one thing, the parents are at work all the time. I think parents now are realizing the importance of family time, and the kids are probably appreciating the the uh, mom and dad being with them too. Well, and then people are finding out, guys, that you know you can do things in the yard as a family and have a good time, like Wayne, you're doing with uh, with your kids, and and Alex, like you're doing with your family, and we've been doing the same thing at my house. Uh, we're going to find out we don't have to go out and eat every time it's meal time, and we can we can cook perfectly good food right at the house and enjoy it as a family. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's nice just to sit back and watch a little TV or listen to the radio and enjoy the evening that way. So I, I, I think we'll find out that sometimes maybe the simpler life is just a whole lot of fun and a whole lot better for us. Well, I think what we've learned, too, if I may add lib to what Wayne said, is that we learned that we can do without some things mm-hmm. that we have been having that we're not used to. And that being said... With people not going out, I want to encourage all of our listeners to, to support your local businesses in your towns. Uh, you can order food for takeout at restaurants. You can also buy uh, gift certificates from these businesses in your town, like Birch Street there, uh, Popper Bluff, Sykeston, Cape Girada, uh, Mountain View, Willow Springs, Kabul, wherever, Ava, uh, Salem, Missouri. But support your towns in this time because they need the help. So. I encourage you to to buy coupon, uh, the gift certificates. Yeah, gift cards, gift certificates. If, especially if it's a restaurant that you frequent often, mm-hmm. you can still go in there and just buy the gift card. Eat there later when this whole um, quarantine stuff at these businesses are, is opened back up again, because it allows them to at least get income coming in while they're being shut down. 
Yeah, and most of them are doing the crowd or the uh, curbside service or drive through I know, you know, guys, I love the country cottage here in Thayer. I'm still having lunch here every day. I just have to call them, and then I just pick it up at the front door when I get there. So, And you're right. You still have to support those local businesses because we're going to want them to be there when this is all over and said and done with. Yeah, even the restaurants like Red Beards down at Van mm-hmm. uh, they can make seafood for you and have it ready to go. You can call in your orders, and, and like Birch Street, all restaurants and everywhere. Yep, so absolutely. let's support our local business in this time of shutdown, in a sense to say. And uh, I tell you, I'm going to change gears here a little bit. So well, before we before yeah. we change gears too much, also check on your elderly neighbors. Yes. And, and make sure you're, you know, you're, if you're going to check on them and that, do it by phone call first is what I would recommend. But if you do go over there, make sure you're not running a fever or anything like that. Even if I'm not saying you would have COVID-19, but just the fact you don't want to get them sick either for anything. Um, but check on your, your elderly neighbors, uh, anybody that might be handicapped or some kind of immune deficiency. Go to the store for them, grab what you can, drop it off. So this way they don't have to go out and get exposed to anything. Yeah, I was, I was I'm glad you said that, Wayne, because I was going to mention that, that uh, if you're going to check on your neighbors and you're headed to the store, you know, you're making a run, yeah, ask if they need anything. And right, uh, that right. just prevents them from having to get out. Yeah, I'm I, uh, not saying that uh, Alex and Linda are elderly by any means, but uh, <laughs> and they're not saying that we are, but we've been doing that the last week or so. We, you know, I mean, we do it all the time anyway, yeah, yeah. but it's been more evident the last couple weeks. You know, Alex is like, hey, I'm in town. Do you guys want me, you want me to grab you anything? Uh, and I've done the same thing. Hey, I'm running into town. You know, would you like me and Renee to bring you back anything? Um, now, yesterday I came over here to uh, a bit of a funny thing here. I came over here yesterday to, to uh, look at some paperwork that we're doing for a, a sponsorship, and uh, there was a, a can of Lysol and a, a note by the door. <laughs> and Linda left the can of Lysol and a note saying, if you've been to Cleveland, you must spray down before you enter. <laughs> <laughs> and since I was recently at Cleveland, I guess I had to spray down. But, no, I just, on serious note, that um, you know, you just got to make sure you take care of anybody that has an immune deficiency or any problems, though. Keep an yeah. eye out for your neighbor. Yeah, and try to maintain some sort of sense of humor, like like Linda did with the lifestyle. Some sort of sense of humor as uh, as this thing goes on, because it'll certainly help you get through the day a whole lot better. Oh yes, yeah, we agree. And you no, know, guys, we got a great show up for coming up here for y'all on the ARO by Hornady Ammunition, fueled by Hornady. Uh, the title of this show is going to be called "Preparing for Upcoming Youth Season." And we've got a lot of listeners across the country in Arkansas, across the United States that's taking kids. And we've got some states that's already open, and it's killing me, Wayne. Yep. It's killing me, Redbone, to watch all these guys on Facebook showing all these dead gobblers. It, it just kills me. I'm usually on the road hunting all these other states, but you know what? I've stayed home because money's tight, and plus it's COVID-19. So uh, good luck to uh, – and congratulations, not good luck, but to all the guys that's hammering them out there in the southern states. Yeah, and a lot of those guys will be staying home, too, because they won't be coming north when the season starts here. You're right. You're right. You know, the turkeys have been gobbling a little bit. Turkeys are still in groups, and uh, we're getting reports from people that are hearing four and five in this spot or two or three here. Uh, I think our numbers are okay. I don't think they're as good as what we would want them, but they're okay here. We're going to talk on that in an upcoming segment, but we're going to also talk about our podcast rankings. That's in the upcoming segment. But we're going to share with you some tips that we use, Wayne and I, when we take a youth hunter hunting. And it can help you have a more successful hunt and also prepare that child to enjoy their hunt. We'll talk about that in an upcoming segment. 
And Alex, we're counting down here to the final, just about the final 45 seconds of this part of the show. And so I want to I want to mention uh, to our fishermen out there, uh, we've got the uh, Missouri Free Fishing coming up, starting on the 27th, which was Friday, and going until April 15th. You can fish in Missouri. Doesn't matter if you're a Missouri resident or not. Uh, you can fish in Missouri without having to have a license or a trout tag or anything else you just have to follow all the rules and regulations and in arkansas they're doing the same thing through this sunday and we're expecting the arkansas game and fish commission will extend that once we get to the end but through this sunday you can fish any of the public waters in arkansas and you don't have to have fishing license or trout stamps so that's really a good thing that our our two different uh, commissions and there have been others in other states that have followed suit are doing to the people so they can get out and practice social distancing yeah does that also apply for out-of-state residents that yeah, i've had yes, that question asked to me on facebook uh, yes it does it, it is awesome. for residents and non-residents so anybody in the world can uh, can fish in missouri and again this weekend in arkansas all right that's uh, gonna uh, we'll wrap it up for this segment we'll be back more with american roots outdoors with alex rutledge presented by hornady ammunition right after this hey everybody this is michael water with bone collector and you're listening to my buddy alex rutledge on american roots outdoors man don't miss an episode farm, wishing on some love i've been Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. Alex is uh, with us here on this, uh, uh, what is today? Anyway, this Thursday as we record. Almost, you know, with all this stuff going on, I almost forget what day it is. Uh, but uh, we're recording on Thursday. And um, Alex, I know you want to talk turkey hunting. So let's get right after it. Uh, it's just about time for those kids to get out in the turkey woods. Yes, it is. And as we said in the first segment of the show, we talked about our, our southern friends and families that are already harvesting gobblers down there and down south, it just makes me want to scream and yell, wishing I could be down there. But with this COVID-19, we have decided not to travel. And, and also, we want to watch our money because money's tight with everybody. But that being said, we've got youth season coming up in several states. We've got listeners all across the United States and also in 19 different countries right now. And the title of this show, we're going to call it Preparation for Youth Turkey Season. And what we want to start off with is Wayne and I and you. Uh, the first thing is don't force your child to want to hunt if they don't want to hunt because that's one of the worst nemesis that a child could, could inhabit. You know, if you're pushing it on them and they don't want to go, do not push it on them. Well, exactly, because all you're going to do is just make them hate it even more. They're not going to go out next time. And... You don't have to drag them out for, you know, the full six or eight hours, whatever, you know, the youth season is in your state. Just If they only can stay out for a, a two or three hours, then call quits. Go home. They had a good time. You're leaving on a positive note. I think, Redbone, the thing that you need to do and what I want to share with everybody, if you're trying to prepare your child to want to take them outdoors and share turkey hunting with them, is to have them to sit down with you and watch turkey hunting videos. Teach them about the biology of the turkey wild turkey and why we hunt. I think that's the trick to captivating them to want to become a turkey hunter. So, uh, again, anything you want to add to that, Wayne, is, you know, sitting down with them, watching videos, uh, reading magazines, telling turkey stories to them, and tell them about the sights and scenery that they can see while they're in the outdoors. Right. I'm sure at the dinner table they've heard all the stories from you, uh, you know, when you're talking about your hunt and your success and when you brought your bird home. You've shared those stories with them, which helps encourage them to want to go out and spend that time out there with 
with you also get that bonding going, whether it's with your daughter, your son, your your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather, and heck, what you know? Let's not leave out the neighbors or the neighbor kids. Maybe they can't get out. If your neighbor doesn't hunt, but the kid wants to, you know, ask your neighbor, hey, do you mind if I take them out? Even if they're not hunting, just having them going out with you, will you know, just for scouting things like that, will get the interest up because we've got to get this younger generation out there in the woods um, because their numbers are declining. Yeah, you know, I would agree. And, and one other thing, and, and I think you both kind of touched on it, and I think that watching the videos is a great idea to get kids interested. And uh, the only thing I would caution Alex about, you know, trying to educate them too much is if you turn it into, you know, like schoolwork, they might get, you know, where, oh, this is too much. I don't want to, I don't, you know, watch the video, then take them out in the woods and let them walk around like Wayne said. And it, maybe it's just on a hike and showing them some of the berries or some turkey signs and things like that. Um and you just kind of let them, you know, go from there. And, you know, if they want to know more, you tell them more. If they don't want to know more, but they want to hunt, then you take them hunting. And, uh, you know, just let them kind of naturally uh, find their way into it and naturally find that love of the sport. And, and I think most of them will if you just get them out there and get them in the woods and get them involved. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, and I think Wayne agrees too. Uh, I think the next thing, once we get a child interested, the next step that we need to take with them is to uh, – Teach them safety with uh, the equipment that they're using and the safety of turkey hunting. Teach them about safety and tell them why it's important to know safety and take them shooting. And for those out there that that may be introducing a child new to a a gun to shoot, start them off with a pellet gun, BB gun, then go to a twenty two. Let me tell you, the feeling and the smile uh, on a child's face after they hit the target with a, with a gun or, or BB gun or whatever, it's it's contagious. Can you agree, Wayne? Oh, yeah. And I, I it was the last year or the year before, I took out a couple of our foster kids who have never even seen a gun fired. This was, you know, up in Cleveland when we were there. And, uh, you know, they're older kids than that, but they've, they've never even seen a gun, held a gun or anything. We went through the whole safety thing and taught them about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went out, and I had them actually pattern, pattern a gun. And the smiles on their face, I mean, was just unbelievable. I mean, that's what you're—that's what it's all about—is bringing smiles to these kids' faces. And you know, from that point on, all they wanted to do was go back outside, go back outside. <laughs> they did. The, the, I tell you, they had the one kid had an iPad, and he really didn't want to do anything more with the iPad on the weekends. He wanted to go back outside because I, you know, we went and I showed him how to set up blinds and. Um, we prepared the area before the season opened up. Now they didn't go out for youth hunting. Uh, but they were able to get my area prepared. I involved them in that, mm-hmm. and they thought that was the greatest thing. But what a learning experience it ended up being. Yeah, there was a video circulated a couple of days ago on social media, Alex, of somebody that had bought their son his very first twenty-two, and uh, uh, had never, the kid had never shot a gun before. And, and, you know, like Wayne said, they went through all the safety stuff, and then he went outside and they set up some cans, uh, and um, he pulled down that twenty-two and looked down the barrel, open sights, no, no scope or anything like that. And he fired off a shot, and choom, he sent that can flying. That kid jumped around and was the happiest kid, most amazed kid you'd ever seen in your life. And I'm telling you right now, that kid is now hooked. He is hooked on guaranteed. He, he is guaranteed. He is. <laughs> well, he is it's a hooked. sense of accomplishment, I think, gentlemen. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I can do this. I can do this. Feel confident. Look what I've done. Absolutely. You know? And that I think that's what makes it so attractive to beginning shooters, beginning hunters, and, uh, you know, great companies like Hornady, they support a lot 
of monies to shooting sport foundations, which goes to educating young shooters. And uh, different organizations like that uh, contribute to our heritage being stronger as it we go on here. But at American Roots, we feel it's so important that we take our kids and share the outdoors with them. So uh, another thing from shooting a twenty two, then you step them up to a four ten shotgun, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Then go to a, a, a bigger gun, 20-gauge, a 16, maybe even a 12, depending on the size of the child. But the main thing is you want to fit the right weapon for that specific child. You don't want a gun too big for a child, and that child doesn't need to be scared to shoot that gun. Uh, that's exactly right, and uh, uh, there are a lot of manufacturers out there that are making youth guns just for those kids and just for that reason. All right, uh, guys, we need to uh, go to a break here. We'll have more American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends presented by Hornady coming up in just a bit. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. Alex and myself are at his home studio here in Birch Tree, and Mike is at the radio station in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> now, they, uh, they, the radio stations, of course, across the nation are locked down. Uh, you can't come in unless you actually work for the radio station, so... Mike's sitting in the studio all by himself. That could be a plus or minus, depending upon how he likes us, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm, I, might, I might be the only um, one in the well, entire no, building. The last segment, Mike uh, and Alex, talking about uh, guns and fitting them in that to it. Now, one of the things that, that, uh, that made me think of is the advantage of the Hornady shells is they use that Versatite wad. And that means that you would be shooting that out of an improved or modified choke, which, if you look at most guys that have a single-shot shotgun, which most kids is usually what they go to the range to learn on, they're modified or improved cylinder shotguns. They're not going to have the choke uh, settings and that on them. You know, you could take them out with your grandfather's gun, your old gun, and uh, use that uh, Hornady shell because that's going to keep that uh, shot to a nice tight pattern out to 40 yards with no problem whatsoever. So I think that's a, a, one of the huge advantages of uh, Hornady shells with youth season especially. Yeah, and if I may add to that, you know, the purpose, as we interviewed uh, Mr. Jason Hornady last week, the vice president of Hornady, he said the reason that they've created the shot cup because we want to cater to the older gun owners. And there's a lot of older gun owners that shoot these turkey loads every year, and they're successful year after year. Now, the big hype in the turkey world today, the industry is powder chokes, heavy shot, steel shot. That's fine. But if you want to shoot an old gun of your grandfather's or whatever, it may be improved cylinder or modified, we encourage you to shoot the versatile turkey loads. That's a challenge for all of our listeners. Take a gun. We challenge you to get a gun of one of your grandfather's, improved or modified choke gun, and kill a turkey with it this spring. And send your pictures to us on the American Roots Outdoor Facebook page and our website. We want to see that. We want to hear your story with a versatile turkey all right, so Alex, that, that begged me to ask a question, because I turkey hunt with an old, and I'm talking a gun that's probably 70 years old, an old Stevens uh, lever-action uh, 12-gauge shotgun. Love it. And it is a full choke. Can I shoot the versatite in that full choke? Well, go, I'll, you know, I'll, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, actually, yes, you still can shoot it through a full choke. 
it's made specifically more for the modified and improved. Mm-hmm. But as long as you don't go more than a full choke, you're going to be okay. Okay. Full choke, depending how tight the choke is, right. you may not have a good pattern out of it. It's too tight. What happens is it crimps the shot cup mm-hmm. and, and causes de- deformation in the shot, will cause the pattern to scatter. The smoother bores, open bores, modified or improved, are the best to shoot with the versatile turkey loads. Well, that's good to know because you can't put a dime in the end of this 12-gauge shotgun. Well, it probably won't shoot good through t- that side of choke tube then. Yeah. Okay. So we're not going against what you said, Wayne, but some of these uh, full choke tubes are, are more open right. than yeah. the super tight ones. So that being said, we, we got our children shooting the shotgun now. Now we know about the turkey loads they shoot. Uh, set your child down after you get them comfortable with the shotgun they're shooting and get them a shooting stick. Wayne loves to carry shooting sticks with him when we take kids. And a shooting stick, what that provides is for them a stable rest when that gobbler comes in. Let your child that you're taking hunting shoot on that shooting stick every time they target practice. That way it becomes a part of them. Right, and when you practice, you know, make sure you practice with the shooting stick. Don't just bring the shooting, you know, have them sit on a bench at the shooting range or in your backyard and then introduce the shooting stick when you're out in the woods because it's a totally different kind of feeling for them, and they're not going to like it. But speaking of shooting ranges, that actually is one thing that this COVID-19 is causing a problem with. Most shooting ranges I've seen in most states are now shut down, Um, you know, your uh, public shooting ranges. And your state-run shooting ranges are also shut down. So keep that in mind. You'd have to go to what they call open field ranges or, you know, find a neighbor, friend, or your own backyard. You can, of course, obviously shoot in. But your state-run ranges and your public ranges, most of them have been shut down now. I said, and, and, of course, when you get to the range, I mean, uh, those targets are going to be there. Alex, is, I mean, what do you suggest for a target when you take those kids out and shooting, say, in the backyard or at an open range? What do you suggest that you use for a target? Okay, you can get all kinds of targets uh, on the shelves at, at your retail stores. Uh, one that we use is Easy Targets. We uh, they send them to me every year, and it's actual life size. <laughs> Wayne just sent me a Nancy Pelosi target. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But anyway, that was good. Wayne. Yeah, Secret Service is listening. It was yeah. a joke. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, no Easy uh, Targets. Uh, EasyTargets.com. They have life size targets, and when you shoot the targets. You can see every pellet count, they turn to gold or bright yellow. So that's a great target to use. Uh, also, what you can do is take you some cardboard, cut your cardboard out, take you a silhouette of a turkey, cut out of a turkey, and draw you some patterns on there and draw the vitals on it and do your own pellet count that way and shop targets that way. But uh, the easy target is the best I've seen, Wayne. Yes. Because it's realistic. And, again, what happens is when you take that child and they shoot, and they continuously hit that target time after time. You've given that child all the confidence they need. And when that time comes to close the deal on that gobbler, when you get him in gun range. Yeah, and that confidence is key because you don't want uh, that child in a blind or, you know, sitting in the open uh, hesitating when it comes time to take that shot because they think they can't do it. Uh, you, you want them to make sure that they, they're confident so they know when it comes time to take that shot, boom, they're going to take that shot and they're going to drop that bird. Exactly. And I, I encourage our listeners that all across the country, go to your local retail stores, uh, sporting goods stores, and uh, just go in there. They have targets on the shelves that you can buy. 
if you don't want to make your own targets. So go there and support these dealers. And the dealers in this time of COVID-19, before you go in, make sure that you can go in. There's there's nine or less in a lot of these stores. Some of these stores are actually shut completely down. Yeah. And one of the things I've seen funny a few years back, and I had a picture of it, and I'll be darned if it wasn't on an old phone that crashed on me, but this guy took a, uh, a motorized car, and he took him, put a stick on it, and then put the target on that stick, the, the turkey head target. And he would drive it around about 30 yards out real slow, just back and forth, and he had his 10-year-old daughter with him at the shooting range. And he said, okay, there's your turkey, now shoot it. Wow. And so it made her, he would pause it, and he would, you know, move it a little bit, that, but it made her concentrate. So he wasn't, she wasn't just shooting at a sitting still target. He tried to make it more realistic for her, and it was funny because about the first ten shots, she was nowhere close to that thing. But by the end of the second box of shells, she was hitting it every single time. And I thought, that is a pretty unique, pretty you know, that's an ingenious dad thinking right there, let me tell you. Well, I hope, he, I hope, I hope she was shooting high because she'd destroy that uh, remote control car. <laughs> oh, that thing, you could tell it had been beat up so bad, it probably been shot quite a few times. <laughs> All right, well, that's a good place for us to take a break. And I know, Alex, we want to talk more about getting these kids ready to uh, get out on the youth hunt. And let's talk turkey calling uh, with the kids uh, when we come back from this time out. You're listening to the American Roots Outdoors radio show with Alex Rutledge and his friends, presented by Hornady Ammunition. Hi, everybody. This is Brad Harris. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, and we're talking about preparation for the upcoming youth season for our kids. And, man, we have touched on some great great ideas, Wayne and Redbone, and I think some people are learning some stuff from all of this. What do you all think? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt, and I hope so. Uh, but we do need to talk about turkey calls. And, Alex, here's another thing about, you know, with, with kids not being in school right now, I think it'd be a perfect time to get the kids the turkey call and let them start learning how to call turkeys. Well, you're right. Now that we, we, we talked about safety, we've talked about guns, we've talked about how to prepare your child. Uh, before we go into the calls, I want to say this. You might want to carry snacks with you, and Wayne's always talking about this, snacks with you to the blind. And, and if you're taking a child, you want to be successful, go buy you a ground blind. I'm serious. Or a blind that you can put up in front of you where that child can move, where you're not busted by the turkeys. Uh, get a comfortable seat for that child to sit on uh, so they can sit longer. Uh, also, uh, let them entertain themselves if you're sitting for long periods of time in strut zones or whatever. But now that we got the child comfortable, now we've got to talk about a call, teach that child how to use a call. At American Roots Outdoors, Wayne, Redbone, listeners, we have a variety of different calls. We have diaphragms, we have box calls, we have slate calls, we have glass calls. And some of you may be listening, all of our calls are CNC machined and they are very consistently made. If you buy one in Paducah, Kentucky at Shooter Supply, you can go to Monty's Outdoors or Easy Gun and Pond or Lucky's Gas Station. It's going to have the same sound. That's what's so cool about our calls. With that being said, the most user-friendly call that we have at American Roots would be a slate or box call. And what you do is you sit down with your child and you just teach them how to produce the cluck or the slate, uh, I'm sorry, the cluck or the yelp and the purr. The purr is toughest call sound to make on a slate call. But you can teach them the basic yelp on a slate or glass call. 
then you can do the, the cluck and the yelps on a box call. The box call, in my opinion, is probably easier to use than a slate call. What do you think, Wayne? Mm, well, I never you normally disagree with Alex, but on this one, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had more success teaching kids on the slate call. And I, that, you know what that probably comes down to, though? I'm not a very good box call user. That, that could be what it is. It's I, really I'm, easy. I'm, uh, I, I can do a box call with no problem. And, I, and me, myself, and the way I teach doing a box call is actually holding the box call reverse. So the handle's facing away from you, not towards you. <laughs> Alex has it facing towards him when he does his. I think everybody has their own way of doing it. But that could be more of, since I'm more comfortable with Slate, maybe that's why I teach it. It's easier for me to teach. But I know Alex, man. I've seen him. at he was When we were at the NWTF show just a few weeks ago, he was having kids with no problem going on that box call and just ripping it up and you know within a few minutes. And uh, and then of course I'm on the other side of the table there teaching kids how to rip it up on a slate call. So, uh, you know, um, I, I want to say this: you're talking about holding the box call. You turn the lid away from you mm-hmm. and hold the call. I'm right handed. Hold the box itself. My left hand and the lid in the right hand. I usually use it like that when I'm trying to locate. When I'm trying to close the deal and I've got a bird close, I will hold it parallel with my body and strike the lid. Mm-hmm. across the call. So therefore, I've got it held upright. I can call quieter that way. The whole point of keeping the call sideways and pointed away from me is to fix sound, louder sounds. There's two ways to use that box call. Also, a little trick for our listeners, you can take your thumb and, and index finger and squeeze the side of the box call as you're yelping to tone the call down to make it quieter, using it to make the bird sound like you're further away. Hmm. All right, so Alex, do you suggest? I mean, with the kids, I mean, you want to, which do you want to start them with a yelp, or you want to start them with a cluck? Well, I, I think the, the, the important thing is just let them make a noise on it mm-hmm. with a box call. Once they make a noise on it, I don't have one in handy here, and I apologize. The box call, what I want to do is let them make a noise with it. Then what you want to do is get in behind them, put your hand with their left hand, your hand with their right hand, and coach them through it how to produce the yelp. A yelp is the easiest sound to make on a box call or a slate over a cluck, fucking purr. So once you get them doing the yelp, it's, the secret is to teach them what the different sounds are. Once they learn the different sounds, that gives them that, that sense of good feeling. Hey, I've accomplished something again. You know, look what I've learned. Look what I can do. I've taken kids, I don't hundreds of kids. And I'll never forget some of the kids that go, hey, Mom, look what I learned. And they took a box call, and they go to yelping for them and clucking. And the cluck, and what you do is you push down on the, on the lid and pop it. You just pick it up real quick. Push down and pick it up. And it cluck. the cluck simulates, I'm here, look here, come here. And turkeys do that a lot of times when you're calling to them, they come in. Hens do it a lot of it. And I've had gobblers come in going, And gobble. And he's, when he gobbles, he's really exerting energy, saying, "Where are you at?" So the trick is teach them how to use a call. Now they know how to communicate and call to a turkey. As we're calling to them, it's important as a mentor, and you're taking your child that you explain to them what's actually going on. Once they get a sense of the feeling, and while you got that gobbler coming in, you reach over and say, "I right, will let you yelp to that turkey." the box or whatever. You want to see something, watch the kid's eyes when they call and that gobbler responds back to them. They almost get up and jump out of the blind because it's made them feel so good. 
Yeah, and I would agree, and I would go say that's important, too, when you take them out on that hunt, that even though you may do most of the calling, you do want to let them hit that box a few times, just so they feel like they're part of the process. Right. Exactly. And Rob Keck, who we had on just a couple episodes uh, ago, that's one thing he said. He goes, the, for him, what he said was the most important call that you could ever learn how to make was the yelp. And like Alex said, it's also probably the easiest call uh, to, for a sound for a, a child to learn how to make. So not only are they learning the easiest, but they're learning what most consider the most important. Yeah, you know, I've sat in with Alex on, on many different seminars over the, the last few years. And, and Alex, I know one of the things that you always do, and you did this over at Neelyville, was the first time I saw you do it. We were speaking to the uh, Neelyville High School. And uh, you called one of the teachers out. She just happened to be very, a very young teacher and very attractive, but that's who Alex picked to bring out to the floor. <laughs> and I said, have you ever used a, a turkey call? She said, no. And Alex had her making that slate yelp just as pretty as any turkey you've ever heard in the wild in a matter of just a few minutes. And I thought, you know what? That might be the best way to teach those kids is use the slate. Because I, I'm like Wayne, I, a box, you know, I might as well put my cookies in it and store them in the cabinet. Uh, because I, I, can't, I can't use a box at all either. Because I've never had anybody show me how. Uh, but the slate, uh, you know, I, I can do a pretty good job on a slate call. So, you know, I think it's easier on the slate. And, and what do you think? And, and Alex, I know every seminar I've ever seen you do, you are teaching people and calling somebody up out of the crowd to use a slate, so I, I kind of get the idea you think the slate is easier to use as well. Yeah, I, I, I do. I think both of them are very user-friendly, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, anybody can learn to use a call if they want to learn. You set your mind to something, you can do it. And uh, I think the, the point is we're trying to get across here in this segment of the show is is that you're not ever going to learn if you don't get out and try. Exactly. And we've got to pass on our heritage, our roots, to these kids, as Wayne would say, because we're, we're, our numbers are declining. Kids are spending, we've heard this a million times, more time on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Otterbox, or whatever they call it, TikTok or TikTok or whatever. <laughs> but spending all the time, like I am, I'm guilty of spending time on social media a lot of times because it's the way of the future of marketing our company and, and our sponsors, etc. Get your kids outdoors. Let them experience what you and I have experienced. If we don't, our heritage, our roots, we're not doing justice to help protect our rights, to pass on our tradition. And while you're and while you're at home, and all these people are on lockdown right now with the businesses being shut down, I mean, you got all the time in the world to just take you know three, four minutes out of the day here and there, and hand hand them a slate call, hand them a box call, and say, here, strike up a few sounds for me. Don't push it. Don't try to make it into a half-hour learning session. Yeah, don't you know, them out. Four or five minutes, be done, say good job, and, you know, continue on with whatever you were doing. But, I mean, I carry them in my car. I got them in the cabin. I got them in my tool shed. Um, pretty much everywhere. You know, of course, I don't strike them up in the car when the wife's sitting next to me because that tends not to go over well. But, you know, <laughs> um, but, you know get, get out there. Get your kids just a few minutes couple times a day and it's amazing what they can learn how quick they learn kids learn so fast it's amazing yes they do and what else goes fast is this hour every weekend guys we are out of time guys we've had a good show Redbone, and uh we've shared some tips with everybody uh we're going to do a bonus segment here Wayne, as we always do and what we're going to do we're going to in the bonus segment we're going to do 
entitled it called Closing the Deal. Once you get the gobbler there, we're going to share you some tips for you how to encourage that child and help that child close the deal. I want to thank you all for tuning in to our regular show. And remember that if you want to listen to the bonus segment, you've got to go like our podcast. And Wayne, I'm going to let you take it over. Yes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Spotify, Pandora, Podchaser, and Podbean now. Stitcher, TuneIn, and Alexa. And Apple. Oh, yeah, I got that. Apple, okay, Apple Podcast. Apple. Yep. Okay. There you have it, everybody. Remember, thank you for listening to our show. Take a kid, spend outdoors with a child. When your roots are deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends, and this is the bonus segment. If you are hearing this segment, that means you are listening to us on our podcast. And we want to tell you thank you very much for uh, checking our podcast out. I hope you're subscribing, and please leave a review, because reviews, they really, really help us in our numbers. Um, This segment here, we're going to talk about closing the distance to that gobbler for kids. Uh, One of the things that Alex had talked about in the last segment was, you know, making putting your kid in a blind or making sure they're really well covered up uh with material and that in front of them because kids tend to move around a lot but one thing that i I wanted to touch base on and i forgot to bring up in the last segment was don't forget shooting houses for your deer season where states where it is legal to hunt turkeys out of a shooting house that is a great area to put your kid up in because they have the window sill to rest their gun on for stability they can move around they can play their video games or whatever they want to do to kind of entertain some time, um, but it just helps them out. Uh, one of the things I also recommend uh, for kids, when you take them out and you're out hunting, whether it be deer, turkey, whatever, a lot of guys are like, well, I really don't want them playing video games, this, that, and the other. There's a, a trick around that. Kids love electronics. They love being on their phone and that. There are so many apps out there with wildlife identification stuff where you can download from the state. Most states have it. You can download their, the state website, but uh, you can take that state app, download it, and then on there it has, like, different bird species for your state and that. Make it a challenge for your kid. Hey, look at that bird right there. Now get on your phone. Tell me what kind of bird that is. So it gives them on their phone. They get to start using their knowledge of how to research stuff, plus it allows them to just join in one-on-one with you and nature. Good point, Wayne. Good point. Yeah, uh, that, that would entertain the child, and therefore they can sit longer. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So closing the deal is our topic here. Here we go. Once we got the child very confident with their shooting ability, and we, when you practice with them shooting, you want to actually make them feel like they're in a real hunting situation. You know, set with them. Say, right, the gobbler's coming from the right. Raise your gun when I tell you to raise your gun. They aim at the target when I tell you to shoot, shoot. When you mentally prepare them like that, when it comes time to close the deal, they will be mentally ready. Okay? Now, once you've got them mentally ready and you've got them set up in a blind or shooting house like Wayne said or whatever, uh, and they're, they're keeping entertained and they're enjoying the hunt, when that bird comes to come in there, it's good to carry a rangefinder with you, or you don't have a rangefinder, 
before the hunt ever starts, days prior, put you some markers out there. That way you'll know if that gobbler's within gun range or not, or crossbow range or bow range for that child that you may be taking. It's so crucial to not assume and make it happen. And that's how you close the deal, by preparing yourself. It's kind of like building a house, or it's called pre-planning. When you pre-plan, I can't tell how many stories I've heard of a father and son or father and daughter come in, oh, I call one in, they missed. Why did they miss? Too far. Well, why did you let him shoot too far? I don't know. Well, it's our responsibility as outdoorsmen and women to make sure that we do not wound, and it happens. If you're shooting two tur- turkeys too far, you're going to cripple that turkey, and predators are going to end up eating it. So I'm challenging all of our listeners, make sure the gobblers are plenty close when they go to shoot. And that will help you close the deal. So there you have it. Patience. Walk the child through mentally before the hunt ever starts. When the time comes to close the deal and pull the trigger, have all your ducks in a row, have everything pre-planned, and you too will be a successful guide and mentor for your child. All right, so Alex, here's the question from me. Can you allow that child to get, or that turkey to get too close? Great question, and yes, you can especially if you're shooting an extra-tight choke gun. Uh, some of these shotguns today that's made with extra-tight choke tubes and this new shot that's out there uh, will shoot like a rifle bullet up to 20 yards. 20 yards like a rifle bullet. Some of them won't spread out over three or four inches. So it makes the pattern too tight. That's why it's important to take a child when you're trying to get that gobbler close to shoot one of these tight turkey loads. Pattern will spread better for them, and you'll have a more successful success rate in harvesting gobblers, killing gobblers from 40 yards and less. Uh, yeah, very good. And, and I know that you know that that is an issue if you let them get too close, and and you don't have a gun that gets a, a good pattern right off. Uh, the kids are going to miss, and they're going to get frustrated, and that's not what you want. I mean, there's nothing like going through all this, and then because of your error, the child misses the bird, and uh, that that would just be frustrating for everybody involved. Yeah. And I had a child miss that I took out hunting on a, uh, I, it was a neighbor's kid that uh, didn't hunt, but, you know, they, he wanted to go out. He said his son wanted to go out, saw me out there all the time with my camo and practicing in my driveway with my archery stuff. And I took him out one spring with me, and after he went through the hunter safety course of that, took him out, he shot, he missed. But before I even let him get upset about missing, I tied it right into I said, oh, man, you did the same thing I did one time. Let him know he's not alone mm-hmm. when he misses. Yeah. You've done it too. Yeah. Because then they'll be like, oh, okay, well, you've missed too. You know, you're not, you know, don't, don't say, oh, I can't believe you missed or anything like that. Just tie it right. Oh, man, you did the same thing. I, I did the same thing years ago. You know, and I missed that, a turkey just like that. And let him know, hey, it happens. And if you ain't missed, you probably ain't been hunting that long. <laughs> you know, so. But again, it's our responsibility. I just want to interject again. To be prepared, and we teach that child. That child's watching you. When you teach that child, all right, we need to mark our shooting distances. We need to know our shooting areas. We need to know we're safe. They're watching every move you make. So we are mentors when we take these children. And it's important that we teach them great values, teach them conservation, and more importantly, teach them safety. I want to thank you all for listening to our bonus segment. Wayne, anything you want to say before we close? Yeah, I know we keep saying uh, we've been talking about children this whole time, but another thing that's 
reminds me of that this applies to is if you take any new hunter, and I don't care what their age is, because I've done a lot with the women in the outdoors and taking a, a lady out hunting in that, and it's a first-time hunt, and it's the same principle, same stuff that we're talking about, you're going to teach them. You know, point out that tree and say, okay, if it, it has to be inside of that tree before you can pull that trigger. You know, you know, let them know, well, that's 30 yards or that's 35 yards, so you don't try to shoot it if it's on the other side of that tree or past that bush or fallen log. It's got to be on this side of it, and then it's fair game for you to take. For you to take. Because if you give them a spot where they know, oh, it's still too far, still too far, A, it brings up the uh, anticipation, <laughs> you know, and you'll start hearing them breathing real hard, but they, uh, it also yeah, gives let, them... Let Wayne be your cameraman and, and hold you off forever. you got to hear me. <laughs> I'm breathing hard, and I'm hollering. Wait, let me shoot. Let me... No, no. no. <laughs> it happens, you know. But uh, give them, give them a spot. Let them know this bird's got to be inside of that. But whether you're young, you're old, if you're new, it's all going to apply. But um, I want to thank everybody for listening to the bonus segment. I hope everybody got a a lot of knowledge out of this show, which I'm sure you did. And if you got a kid or a neighbor or grandmother or somebody who wants to just get into this for the first time, I still say turkey hunting is the best first experience you can take for uh, introducing someone to hunting because it's the only animal other than an elk in North America that's going to talk back to you. And the first time they hear that turkey, answer back when you make that gobble when it's flying down in the morning, I guarantee they're going to be hooked to life. on down, plant deep in the ground Around your party So you never gotta worry What the wind